Mary looked directly at Martin and whispered, Some days ago, I found myself in this place where I met these three people who, like me, were surprised to find themselves in an unknown place without any kind of explanation. We were told to sit in silence in a room without windows and wait for days and night. When we were ordered to go and stand facing each one of these four doors, the voice told us to open the doors and enter this room and put the door keys to this jewel box. Just before entering the doors, the voice announced that a person with the name Martin would be waiting for us, and we were told that this man would be of some help to us. I'm not sure why I have this urge, but now that you have come to help, there is something that I must speak about, because it dominates every fiber of my body, and I now feel that I have nothing to lose. Until now, most of my married life can be best described as a hellish experience, and the injustice of the mental cruelty of my husband became too much for me to handle. For generations, my own family has made married life to be the cornerstone for family and happiness. The stories we shared were mostly about the warmth and joy of husbands and wives, families and neighbors. That was how we kept our families together. There was no other way for me to be family, and I struggled to bring my husband and me back to the love we felt for each other when we first met. It became my personal quest to retrieve the sacred union that had slipped away from me. All I got back from my husband was him staring at me. Once in a while, his face radiated disgust for me. Every so often, he would mumble some insulting words to give further power to what his face was already telling me. One day, he stopped talking to me at all. A few weeks after the deep silence took over our home, I prepared a candlelight dinner for him, and then I turned on the gas in the oven and put my head inside, waiting for death to come and take me out of my misery. The only thing that made me hesitate was the fear that I would wake up in hell, but truth be told, I was already in hell, and nothing could be worse than the life I was living. That day, my sister Kirsten had made an unannounced visit and found me lifeless on the kitchen floor. Kirsten managed to pull me out from the house and laid me down on the grass outside where neighbors gathered and took turns to try to restart my heart and fill my lungs with air. During this chaotic rescue effort, I heard somebody say that it was too late, that life had left me and that there was nothing that anybody could do about it. Kirsten was screaming and I heard my husband's voice observing that I was beyond rescue. Ambulance sirens could be heard approaching from a distance and the last thing I remember was hearing a mighty rumble that sounded like some large piece of earth falling into water.
Until this moment, Mary had directed her voice to no one in particular, but now she picked up her chair and sat down facing Martin while observing him with dark eyes. She lowered her voice and she told him that everything about him, his withholding silence, his way of pulling his head backwards in a signal of arrogant defiance, his curled lips and his superior gaze, all taken together, Martin reminded her of her husband. She said that she was hoping that a person like Martin would be able to explain what was behind the wall that had her husband had set up between them. Mary, who had never in her life talked to anybody the way she was talking to Martin now, was sobbing and stuttering uncontrollably. I am sorry, but I don't understand anything of the misfortune of my adult life, and I need help to explain my failed marriage, and I must be given an explanation of how I ended up in this room. Mary was speaking to Martin as if they had known each other from before. Absolutely nothing in her appearance or the tone of her voice reminded him of anyone he had ever known. He started to look at the doors and the box of keys, thinking about making his escape without further incidents. He had stopped listening to her, just looking for ways to escape the pain of becoming innocently mixed up in Mary's sad and unfortunate life. She stopped talking and was clearly waiting for some kind of response from Martin, who remained silent, protecting his thoughts, and then out of nowhere it came to him. Why did Mary's story about her husband sound so familiar? He scratched around in his memory, and the face of a woman appeared in his mind's eye, sharply outlined, looking straight at him, with the same mix of anger, despair, sadness, and hope as he had just seen in Mary's eyes. He recognized the woman as Elise, with whom he had shared a bed for many years. The relationship with Elise had ended badly, and she had invented a story about him that made him out to be a monster, capable of psychological torture and even physical violence. She had brought a court case against him and had even convinced some friends to appear in the court. They lied under oath to the judge, claiming that they had been witnessing to how Martin had pushed Elise into a wall with such force that she had lost consciousness and had to be taken to bed for several days to regain her footing. Martin had to appear in court to defend himself from all these unfounded accusations of violence and cruelty. The whole thing had ended up with Martin paying a substantial sum of money to Elise just to make her leave him alone. He never met her again after the case was settled and he had managed to expel her from his mind and now she came back to stir up the bad memories and torture his mind. Now Elise had come back to him in the form of Mary, and the painful trial was being opened one more time, 
The situation is a good example of what hell must be like, Martin mumbled to himself, trying to grasp the bizarre meeting between himself, Mary, and the ghost of Elise. Martin remained silent as Mary was waiting for him to talk to her. One of the other women used the silence and introduced herself as Venus. Her voice sounded like that of a young boy in the beginning of puberty. Her eyes moved from person to person as she spoke. Mary, let me say something about myself and then come back to you. Finding myself in this place is so otherworldly that I don't even know where to begin. All I remember before coming here is a noisy rave party where sweaty people were dancing with each other without any kind of inhibitions. At the peak of joy and sensual abandonment, an ear-splitting explosion filled everything, and when I managed to stand up, the room was completely silent in chaotic, smoky slow motion. As I regained some of my hearing, I was aware of the sounds of crying and lament from disfigured people. Many were dead and dying. I was half naked and my body was covered with blood from myself and others. I somehow managed to get out to the street and there I fell down among people screaming in pain and shock. The two words that I heard over and over were God and mother. Some people in white coats took me away on a stretcher. The next thing I know was sitting in silence together with the other three people here, and then I'm standing in front of one of the doors to this room with a key in my hand. I want you all to know that Mary is not the only one in this room who has suffered from hard and unjust life. I am a woman who has suffered the strangeness of being incarcerated in the body of a man. That man's name is Simon, and he's still living inside of me. For years, I've been waging war against Simon, commanding him to leave me in peace, but he is forever stubborn and refuses to exit. Venus spoke fast, as if, as if she was afraid that she would be interrupted. She took a deep breath and she continued. I keep searching for him, but I'm not able to find the place where he's hiding. Is he part of my body, my cell structures, my DNA, or is he a ghost that has found hiding places in my mind where he exists under clever cover? Lately, I have made a real attempt to speak to him in a softer way, asking him to leave me alone. My hope is that I will come to realize that Simon is an illusion. But the tragic truth is that I am possessed by doubt that I, Venus, will never become the woman of my dreams. Mary started to speak to Martin again. Now that I have made my personal suffering known, I would like to turn back to Martin and Mary, 
who seem to be connected in some way that is not obvious to me or to them. Martin, you must help Mary to explain how you understand the reasons for the collapse of the marriage and of her life. She obviously can see something in your presence that gives her hope to understand the deeper reason for her misery. And you just cannot sit here in your haughty silence and watch her suffering. I feel related to the elusive ghost that is plaguing Mary, since I too find myself tortured in trying to understand the epic tension between Venus and Simon. Martin helped Mary to explain her misery and how her marriage became a living hell. You can help her, and I'm saying that without understanding why. One more thing. I must ask you, Martin, do you remember me? Venus was crying, her mascara running down her face. Martin was gathering his thoughts after Venus' question and Mary's hope for help. Who was it that Venus asked him to remember? The elusive Simon or Venus, the female emanation in search of the pure woman? He realized that he had to break his silent withdrawal and say something, and he spoke to Mary first. Mary, it saddens me to hear what you've done to yourself. You're asking for my help, so let me speak openly about my impressions from listening to you. You seem to be looking at yourself as a victim whose happiness rests mainly on your life as a married woman in a happy home. It is amazing that you have stubbornly pledged loyalty to a sphinx husband who has been punishing you with his silence. Are you really so powerless, Mary, that you had to take your own life as the only way out of your misery? You are asking me why your husband decided to retreat into silence and what he was hiding from you. Now that I remind you of your husband. Mary, please, I must ask you to take back the anger I see in your eyes when you look at me. You experience your husband in how I appear to you. Let me tell you something about my silence and what is behind it. The voice said that we have come here to find truth, and I will tell you my truth. I'm choosing silence because I do not want to say anything that will bring a difficult situation into more difficulty. Another reason is that I'm using my silence to cover up for my cowardice to speak my truth, and there are times when I'm ashamed to keep to myself what should have been said. But most of all, I choose to remain aloof and silent because people make up stories of what is on my mind, and that gives me the power over others. Keeping my silence has resulted in more and more people talking about my art and me, and there it is. Different views are debated, and there is no end to it all. Without me as a voice in the debate, there can be no closure, because I am arrogant enough to let my silence manipulate the art world as I know it. As I listen to the debate from the sidelines, I can look at my art and my life from so many points of view. 
I have told myself that people find dimensions of themselves where no explanations are given, and in this way, my silence can be used to reveal the vibrations in the art and the promise of healing. Mary, there are myriads of reasons for silence, too many for any one person to understand. Perhaps your husband kept silence to protect you from knowing his low opinion of you. He knew that his silence became your obsession and he gained total power over you. Let me tell you that I have also wronged women in my life by suddenly withdrawing from the promise to worship them. Now that I think back on these relationships, I'm sorry to admit that it happened more than once in my life. Can it be that you can sense these betrayals just by being in my presence? Your desperate act of becoming no one and nothing left him with a gruesome victory. Sorry, Mary, but I'm not able to help you, even if I want to, because I'm not your husband and I can only talk about what could be possible as an explanation for your grief and your confusion. Is it possible that you have come here to realize how you have been participating in your own tragedy? Mary looked at Martin with tears in her eyes, stuttering that she had been giving up her life in small pieces until there was nothing left of her. Nothing worthy of love and joy. Nothing to look forward to except a hopeless dream of what her married life in a safe home could have been like. Mary's contorted face was wet with tears as she whispered, Martin, thank you for talking to me with such honesty. I still see my husband in you, but I realize how that is more about me than it is about you. I haven't asked to come to this place. I have never been here before. I don't remember reading or seeing any pictures about this strange cavernous hall. I have never met any of you before. Am I the only one who thinks that I have come here as a part of some perverse experiment? I cannot help thinking that I have been kidnapped by aliens and sent here in a spaceship. And what about you, Martin? Who are you? Are you some kind of avatar, some perverted Christ figure who have come to lead us away and out of here? Martin walked up to Mary and took her hands in his. After a long silence, he stepped back, looking to the floor and whispered, Yes, Mary, we share the confusion. If I am an avatar of some otherworldly creature, I can't tell because of the strangeness of how I arrived to this room that leaves me without any answer. Again, I don't know what to tell you about your sad story, but I do have the same question as you do about how I ended up here. The one thing I know is that somebody who is just a voice is leading me to somewhere that has some destiny in mind. The voice is telling us that the purpose of finding the truth and the future is the same. The same voice that has been guiding me on my bizarre journey. Something has taken place, some life-changing event that have visited you, Venus, and myself, and now we are being tested 
for something that has not revealed itself yet. Mary sat back with her hands folded in her lap, slowly nodding as if he had just arrived at some insight. Martin now turned his eyes to Venus and lowered his voice to a whisper. Venus, I have never set eyes on you before, so I was puzzled when you asked me if I remember you. You must recall something that I don't or you do are having some kind of fantasy about me. Venus stood up and walked nervously around the room. She stopped again and again and tried to say something, but nothing came out of her until she stopped in front of one of the doors and started banging on it with both her fists. At this moment, the voice took over the room and said firmly, Venus, you're having something difficult to say, and I encourage you to sit down and speak so we can move on. Venus turned around and tore off her blonde wig. A deep male voice bellowed out of her mouth. Martin, you don't recognize me, but I know you very well. I am Simon, the man you said you loved, and now I'm speaking directly to you after all these years. Please look at me and listen. How can I ever forget how you left me and the tender love that existed between us? Do you remember how we were lovingly drawn to each other? How can I ever forget our magical pillow talks and the explorations of our boundaries. And then, out of nowhere, you just said a short, cold goodbye, closed the door behind you, and you were gone. From joy and love one moment to nothing the next. No letter, no call, no sign of life. Nothing, nothing. You left me with a question that has kept me in a prison of why, why, and why? How could you behave with such cruelty? You must have understood the pain you caused to my life. Venus walked up to Martin, kneeled in front of him, and grabbed both his hands and continued speaking in Simon's deep voice. Why did you leave me like that, and where did you go? I missed you with all my heart, and now we find each other in this place, after all these years, what in heaven's name can be the meaning of us being in this place and time? What am I supposed to do with the emotions that are coming back to me with the intensity of a tempest? Martin closed his eyes and sat back and looked up at the ceiling. He stood up and pulled out the chair for Venus and sat down in front of her and spoke. His voice was trembling. Simon, please understand how confusing it is to speak to a man in the body of a person who claims to be a woman. Equally puzzling is that this relationship took place 20 years ago when we were in our early 40s. Looking at you now, Venus, you cannot be a day older than 30. 
So the only way to understand this is that we must be in some dimension of warped time. Yes, Simon, I, I remember you, but I don't recall our experience with the same clarity as you do. And truth be told, I've done my best to forget what took place between us, mainly because of feelings of the guilt that raged inside of me when I woke up from the bliss that we experienced together. The question for me has always been what the consequences would be had I fully embraced my new sexuality. I was convinced that I would have to pay a high price in all my relations if I had revealed myself to the world as a gay man. I made the difficult decision to ignore what my heart was telling me, and instead I let my fear and the confusion take me back to live in my heterosexual life. There, at least, I had a good grasp of how to behave among others, my family, friends, and the society, including a confusing relationship with people in the gay art world. Simon, you coming back to my life from a distance that can never be bridged because you are locked up in Venus's body. Even if a miracle would be possible, I'm sure that Venus would never allow you to come out and become Simon again. I hope you can understand that I am unable to come back to you because I'm done with that kind of life we had together. In my innermost heart of hearts, I must confess, however, that the sweet memories of what we had together are still with me and will always be with me. Simon, I am really so sorry that I caused you such unbearable pain through my act of leaving you. Now Venus changed her tone, again speaking in her light puberty voice. Martin, your relationship with Simon is also your relationship with me. I wanted to love you as a woman, and I could not bear that we were in a homosexual relationship, but all I wanted was love between you, the man, and me, the woman. Right now, I want to take you in my arms, kiss your lips, and tell you how I'm lusting for you with every fiber in my body. Can you find it in your heart to let go of Simon, because I will never let you have him? I just cannot. Martin stood up and began to nervously walk around the room, stopping at each of the four doors, trying to get out. He came back, took his place in front of Venus, held her hands and said in a subdued voice, Simon and Venus, why are we here struggling with a relationship that ended way back in time? As I experience the intensity of the feelings expressed between us, it seems like that all of this took place just a short time ago. Both of you struggle with how to love me, and both of these relationships are impossible. Simon cannot be released from Venus's body, and for me to respond to Venus's feelings is more than I can bear. Venus, Forgive me for turning away your feelings for me, but there is nothing else I can do. After all, we're in a situation which none of us can understand, and there is no telling what is going to happen to us all. Whatever is waiting for us now, we need to find a way to keep together.
After Martin had stopped talking, the room again filled with a voice. It is my hope that you are beginning to form an idea, that you come here for a purpose which each one of you must uncover for yourself and then share with each other. The sooner you gather enough realization of who you are, you will be tested for the privilege to leave this room. My advice to you is that you all try to find a way to your outer limits and search for truth in places behind the emotional entanglement that you now find yourself in. Martin yelled out, Can you stay with us for a moment and, and just tell us what's, what is expected of us? Do you have plans for us? I feel that, that you're playing us like puppets on a string. The voice paused and responded. You must all find a way to the pregnant emptiness waiting for you. That space can only be found by dissolving the entanglement of your minds. Failure is not acceptable. With this brusque ending, the voice left the room. 